welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name is Kurt Robinson. And my name is Aaron Battle. So what are we talking about today, Aaron? Today, I'm going to give around a little update on you know my latest experience as a coffee seller on the street, mm-hmm. entrepreneur, coffee man of the year. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> it's very nice coffee. <laughs> A few interactions with local council, how I'm building the teamwork on the street, a little Mexican culture and selling. Right. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'm improving my Spanish. Yep. So okay, I wrapped that up good. in a little story. The thing is, some of your recent experiences actually show a darker side of government, and that's what we get into. We talk about how government is actually forced. And how easy it is to ignore that if you live in a first world country like Australia or the UK or the US. It's easy to forget that government is actually a monopoly on force. Hidden in plain sight. Yep. I I found that the best advice that got me through this episode was actually words that you said. Oh, great. To be invisible, what do you need to do? Put on your high vis. (laughs) Hide in plain sight. I think that's what I said. <laughs> so uh, press like on Facebook, hover over the like button on Facebook and press the get notifications button. Then head on back to YouTube and press like on YouTube, press subscribe on YouTube, leave us a comment on YouTube, press subscribe on iTunes, press subscribe on Pocket Casts. Go on to donate.theparadiseparadox.com and chip us a few dollars, suggest a donation, one US dollar per episode that you like. So if you like all of them, Donate a million dollars for all of them or just 30, $39 or something like that. I'm not sure which episode this is going to be when we release it, but <laughs> give us give us a, a little bit of money. We really appreciate it, not just because it's money and it's useful and, and practical, but also because it's a representation that this is something valuable to you. And we do appreciate that sending that um, that knowledge or that beautiful idea through the internet by bitcoins or uh, litecoins or black coins or dash coins or what else or Doge coins. yeah um, a few little satoshis really make all the difference even if it's just a little bit then that definitely does represent something to us um, or of course you can donate by pay- paypal as well then go on theparadiseparadox.com. If you're going to buy something from Amazon and you want to use that time to show us a little support, go to theparadiseparadox.com, click on the Shop Amazon link. Now, it's not going to cost you any extra. It's not going to charge you a 50% surcharge that you get from a taxi cab driving after midnight. What it is going to mean is that it, it gives us a little bit of commission for everything that you buy. Um, so we, we might uh, recommend some books for you sometime and, and you can download those and watch something on instant video on Amazon, uh, buy a bunch of electronics, perhaps a new video camera so you can start your own vidcast and start trying to compete with us just to mess with our heads. You're going to give us a little commission at the same time. How terrible of you, but that's all right. I thank you anyway, and let's get into it. Healthy competition. Let me jump back a little bit to to arriving here in Mexico. Okay, okay. Reveal the mystery. Tell us the whole story. Okay, so this is about nine months ago, mm. roughly. Yep. Uh, eight months ago. Uh, I arrived in Mexico, um, plans to get married in a few months, and you know, just basically for a, here for an extended holiday, you know, check out what was going on. The original plan was to to be married and then to work out what happens next, possibly move back to Australia, mm-hmm. um, get back into the rhythm of life as a, as a married man. Um, but I enjoyed Mexico so much, I decided to hang around. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Drink break. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Mexico is good, right? I mean, you've been here for a little bit too, and it's it's cool. Yep. It's uh, it's it not. I actually thought uh, it might wear me thin. Mm. Like I, I might get over it, mm. um, but it hasn't hasn't been that much uh, hasn't been that much of a change. Really, it hasn't been that hard for me to adapt. I mean, so it's been good. Right. Let, let me jump you know, into the, this. The thing that really bothers me actually the thing that gets to me is the the inconsistency of the internet connection that's oh. <laughs> that's the worst but yeah. other than that it's okay <laughs> because some days you have well i mean i we we talk and we have very similar internet situations some days it connects and it's great mm. no issue forget you even have an internet connection everything just works yeah but then other days i'm dropping out every five to ten minutes yeah it's I need to yeah, load like pink. five windows at once just to be functional. And press refresh on them every two seconds. Yeah. Then scream at your computer. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So the, okay. Other so than that. okay. So basically, what happened? Um, I I didn't intend to stay for as long as I did. Mm. So you know, I didn't actually do my research on on visas and you know what documentation I needed to bring. I just thought, well, look, they give me six months yeah. of visa. I mean, that's plenty. I should work. I should work out and 100, organize. 180 days without a visa. It's a tourist card. Yeah, technically not a visa. Yeah. So, I mean, with my tourist card, that gives me more than enough time for me to work out what I'm doing mm-hmm. and then organize what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, which was which was fine, except I realized that um, having money is good, but it's good to have cash flow. <laughs> And that you got to this stage in your life, and you realize that having money is good. Well, I mean, as a as a tourist, you come to Mexico, yeah, and there's such a shift in in uh, the cost of living mm. that for the first months, you know, you're in, you're a king, yeah, you're on yeah. holidays, <laughs> and everything's good, but um, it doesn't take you very long for you to be for you to tighten that wallet, yeah, and for you to realize, wait a minute, if I can get if I can get a juice for 19 pesos over there and they're going to charge me 22 over here, <laughs> I'm going over there. Even though it might be a couple hundred meters walk, but I'm going to save myself 20 cents. <laughs> and you do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because you're like, I'm not, why, why should they get three, cent, three pesos more <laughs> or 30 cents more than these other guys? Yeah. Um, and so anyway, that, that's, that's a change that I didn't expect to happen. So I decided I need to get some what, cash. What flow. are you drinking there, by the way? Aquí tenemos un uh, agua grande de guayaba. Ah, uh, and a, a guava, a, <laughs> a guava fresh water. Okay, great. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I see you also have a jumbo fruit. Label. Yeah, I have this one is uh, coconut rice. Aquí tengo un agua fresca de arroz con coco. Okay, yeah, coconut rice water. <laughs> How is it? it? Sounds ridiculous. It's it's delicious. Of course, it's delicious. <laughs> it's it's probably why I'm a little bit silly right now. It's all this, it's all this guava oh, juice. <laughs> okay, guava, <laughs> guava, guava juice. It is guava, isn't it? Guava, 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 guava. I, is it guava? Am I am I speaking wrong? <laughs> I'm pretty Again? sure. Yeah, yeah I, I do that quite a bit, unfortunately. So in this time, I decided, okay, you know what? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a smart, dude. Let's let's set up a little business. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm in the booming economy of the of the world, Mexico. Let's let's get this happening. So I, I did a little mind map. I started mapping my my interests, mm. and I decided between the, the going to the gym and drinking coffee, uh, which pretty don't go very very well together. <laughs> um, I thought these these are my two my two at the moment day to day passions. Yeah. So you know, I got Mexico is about bringing yourself back to the day. You can't plan too far ahead. There's too many uh, inconsistencies. So I, I decided, well, with the gym, let, let's continue with a bit of personal training, which I found very difficult because of the culture of personal training is non-existent. Um, you could probably get a job as as doing like as a, as a gym trainer in general, working the whole floor, but um, because I'm on a tourist card. They required me to have a, a tax file number of some kind, mm. which um, was going to take me a little while to organize. So I decided, okay, well, let's go for something a little more informal. And what I did was I set up a like a, 
like a little market stall of a of a coffee shop. Yep. Which uh, which is which is very interesting because at first you know everyone kind of looks at you like that's a little bit different or that's something new and it wasn't really um, it didn't really jump off as fast as I thought. Mm. But now that I've been uh, active for a few months, I can see that I'm starting to get a few clientele that ask me questions. You know, most of them know you know at least a little brief history of you know my background. So you know we practice English on the street. It's been really good selling coffee direct me a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the location that I found uh, has been good, not, not only because I have, I mean, I'm out there teaching English, but also I've been able to pick up my Spanish a lot better and like a, a conversational level of Spanish with a lot of slang. A lot mm. of people in the street speak differently. So, you know, I get to hear you know, varieties of expressions and I can say it's helped my Spanish a lot. Also, mixing with a few other people out there that, that also sell on the street, I'm getting a good feel of the culture. All right. Like just like the selling culture, the way, the way people think, the way the market organizes, that little concept of we're going to go over there and save 30 cents and not walk all the way over there even though it's right here. Um, you, you begin to see that from the other side. And mm. you, know, you, you need to try and add value to your customers or even diversify your product a little bit or give them exactly the product they think they're going to get and don't change anything because people learn, you know, they, they are accustomed to liking something they know what they're going to get. Mm. Unfortunately, my coffee is very different. So uh, it's a special recipe that my brother and I make up. Sometimes it's got a little cocoa in it. Sometimes I put honey in it. But I've, I've got a recipe that... Yeah, cocoa or coconut? Uh, cocoa. Cocoa, literally. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's, it's a good... Uh, it's good for... Deep, um, it's good for reversing inflammation. All right. So um, going to the gym, you want to reverse that inflammation. So sometimes I put uh, cocoa and cacao and chocolate and all kinds of things. Yep. But I've got a nice coffee recipe that I've been consistent and selling my coffee. I've got some good clients that keep coming back in. Um, so that, that's, been, that's been really good. Um, and I have, to thank, I have to thank my brother Benny for kicking my butt and making that happen. Because he goes, have you started a coffee business yet? I've been hearing you talk a lot about it. There haven't been no action. So I just, I just bought a thermos, made my coffee, bought 25 cups and did it. Just went out and started selling coffee, which is, nice. kind, of, which is kind of cool because uh, everyone that's selling on the street, it's the same people every day, like the same stalls, the mm. same product, same everything. And then all of a sudden they have, they have some apparent gringo turn up with his thermos of coffee and weird hat. It's like, what's this kid doing? (laughs) And you know, it's good because you just go out to the street and start selling. Well, uh, kind of, um, (laughs) uh, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily need a license to start a business in Mexico because I mean, I mean, technically legally, sometimes you do, but a lot of people operate without licenses just because that's, you know, maybe they don't have the money to pay it or whatever. And nobody actually perceives that as um, a sign of the business being illegitimate, which is, mm. I think, sometimes is in stark contrast to, to in Australia. If a business isn't paying the taxes, doesn't have the license, people will point the finger and say, or they say, you know, you don't get your health inspections. But if you think about it, I mean, this is, I, I think that's kind of ridiculous. Like if you go into your friend's house and he makes you a coffee, do you ask him for his health inspection certificate? Um, it's, you don't need that. <laughs> well, it's a bunch of nonsense. How it, how it works here is that it, it does, it has a natural system of self-regulating. Mm. What you find is, and it's very common with the taco stands or any street food. Yep. If there's no people there, you know that it's no good. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the local understanding. Yeah. But realistically, you get sick somewhere, you know, you, you, eat, you eat a hot dog and it gives you the runs, you're not going back there in a hurry. Yeah. And that word gets around quick that, you know, that the food isn't any good or it upsets your stomach or whatever. Yeah. Reputation is everything in the market. Exactly. But uh, so, but I mean, as permissions, permissions aren't, they aren't that hard to work out. Right. Um, I mean, you can get it organized pretty quickly. But the, uh, the interesting thing is that the first thing I noticed working on the street was um, the, the teamwork that you seem to develop. Mm. Because in the, in the spot that, that I'm situated, there's, uh, there's, there's a lady that sells tacos to my right. 
I've got, I usually stand with a guy that's selling USB memory sticks and CDs and pens and things. Well, like a, little, a, th- a thousand tunes of Cumbia or something? No, well, they're all blank. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, okay. we're, at, we're actually out the front of the taxation office. All right. Because so, I, see, I see those. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter that they're out the front of the taxation office, does it? And they could sell pirated music any way they like, pretty much. That's got nothing to do with them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> actually, they, they probably buy it all the same. It's just, yeah. it's just a product. Yeah. If it's no good, don't buy it. But usually there's cumbias and magic. <laughs> um, there's another guy that sells uh, launches and salads, uh, sandwiches. Mm. And over just across the side, there's another guy that sells like uh, about the size of cut up fruit with usually lemon or chili on it. So about a liter cup full of, full of cut up fruit. Yeah. So there's really there's five of us that, that work there. And, you know, we've really quite developed this little team because, you know, obviously it's toilet breaks and, and what have you that, you know, you need to leave your stand. And it's like, oh, don't worry, man, you are, you're going you're gonna to look after my, uh, can you look after my coffee? Like mm-hmm. You already know, the little ones are 10 and the big ones are 20. It's like, it's not very hard. And yep. I come back and they give me a few, a few personally, yeah, I sold a, a little one or I sold a big one or whatever and it's all good. Yep. The same thing with the sandwiches. It's like, you know, I, I need to go deliver this sandwich you know what to do and it's kind of like his joke like you know you want to uh, you want to take my take the reins take the reins with the big boys yeah. selling sandwiches exactly <laughs> um and it's and it's got to the point where um usually where i park i double park my car because there's never any parks here in the morning mm. you know and i was like you know i need to get a toilet here's my keys in case you need to move my car like mm. it's like the trust that we have in our team it's um if i take a day off or i just i just leave my house late and i'm not going to make it there on time Mm. It's uh, I get there and it's not. There's no boss to say why are you late or what happened. They usually say, "Man, are you okay? Like, what what happened this morning?" <laughs> and they they, they want to help you out. You know what I mean that that kind of that kind of team. And it's interesting yeah. because we have. It's almost like when you when you go to your office and you see the same work team every day. Mm. It's exactly like that, except you know we all look after our own department, our own finances, our own stock. It's like, you know, you, mm. you, we all have our own little business. Um, the decentralized office, individual cells. In the, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, work together. well, it's interesting. I, I, you know, you study organizational structures and change and, and all that. But you, until you see something like this type of business unit mm. work, it's like, mm. wait a minute, big companies could be structured like this too, where mm. everyone looks after their own shit and no one steps in each other's business. Yeah. Or, you know, or they, they can with permissions or with respect. Um, but then, now we're going to switch back and talk about permissions. It's interesting permissions. at the moment. You keep saying, you keep using it like the Spanish word permiso, but re- really it's, it's in this case, or, you mean a license, yeah. A permit. permit. Yeah, permit. That's probably the better word. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so with these permits to sell, they're not expensive. Like per month. Usually you buy them two months at a time, and it might cost you five dollars. Mm. Five dollars a month to to set up. Literally, uh, I think the smallest is like one meter square. So you you buy your one meter square, and it's going to cost you ten dollars for a two month period, and that's it. As long as you don't sell over a certain limit, I'm not sure what that is. Then there's no interference with tax or whatever, because really you sell on the street. How much money can you make? Mm. I think that's kind of the impression they have, but most of us do quite well. Okay, um, so that, that's, that's been well, fine. It's, too, it's so hard for them to regulate it, like to to demand income tax from you. But they, I mean, they probably will. They probably expect to get a piece of the pie. Well, the, yeah, the idea of get, having permits, I think, is to keep an eye on everybody, right? To know who's where and what what are they selling. Mm. And uh, and of course, you know, you expect the the routine local council to come around and check your your permit. Um, but, you know, they never come around. Right. Like for the two or three months that I've been out there, I've never seen them until very recently, which, which was a surprise. I didn't even know what they looked like. Mm. And uh, you know, this happened what, uh, a few days ago. A few days ago, my first experience. But uh, the issue I had was because I'm on, I'm on this, this tourist card. Um, I, I haven't been able to go get a permission. Mm. So... You know, I thought, um, well, with the other guys that I work with, they, they said, you know, it's really not worth being out here considering you're on a tourist card without your, without your permit, without permission to, to work. 
Right. So they said, look, don't worry about it. It's cool. My, my permit's about to run up. I'm going to add, and this, this is a guy that sells sandwiches and, uh, and baguettes and things. He goes, I'll add coffee to my, to my license and it'll be, it'll be all good. You know, usually you stand next to me anyway. You know what I mean? Why don't you share, we'll share the one meter. Yep. And I thought, okay, perfect. All right. And then I was like, well, don't worry, man. I'll fix you up with the difference. It'll be, it'll be all good. He went there and added coffee. He ended up lowering his price by, by like a dollar or something. <laughs> so, you know, so there's a good running joke like this month you can give him a change or what? <laughs> um, so that, that was my arrangement. And I just assumed everyone was, was square. Like everyone was good with their, with their, their permits and everything. And um, I, I, didn't, I didn't assume it would be, like I didn't think it would be such a big deal. Right. But um, this week, and I'm not sure, well, I have an idea of why this week. Yeah. Can, can you tell us a little bit about the political situation and why that might be important? Well, for what I gather, mm. it appears like, well, at the moment here in Mexico, there's a big political change. They have all the, all the parties are out and they're promoting and advertisements and in full force. Like you, you pull up to basically most traffic lights and there's people out there dancing and waving these, these banners of different parties, you know, and promising the world. But what, what's actually happened, I mean, what I didn't realize was that when the political party changes, it, they actually take all their staff. All, mm. I guess they, they're all, their, all their staff are fired and the next political party that come in bring in a whole new payroll or family and friends, I guess. Right. And the, and the way it goes too is they'll, they'll uh, paint the entire building again, they'll paint their insignia, they'll buy all new furniture and, you know, it's probably somebody's brother who runs the furniture company. It's probably somebody's cousin who paints the place and somebody's aunt who designs the, uh, the, the new logo. So th- this changeover is quite expensive. Yeah. Um, and, and not just in like a financial, we're going to buy and paint and decorate and whatever, but the, the staff that probably been doing their job and well, where they've, they've, pretty, they've probably got brand new since their last change and it's taken them a few, four years to learn the system and finally get things rolling, mm. they just got fired. Right. And you've probably got new people in that don't even know what they're, what they're doing. <laughs> and then they turn up and have, you know, tea and coffee and vickies and it's and it's all good and they don't even know what the job is <laughs> yeah because they're the nephew and they just got hired and they don't know really why but they know they've got a cushy government job for at least for a few years and <laughs> yeah i think in some ways i think this is good from mexico because it means the government can never conspire too much <laughs> so the the nation state system isn't as isn't as fixed in place like in, a, in Australia, if somebody wants to come in and cut government spending, nope, you can't do that because every single government program has hundreds or thousands of people behind it and they'll all protest and say, hey, this is my job. You don't have the right to cut spending and all that nonsense, uh, even though they're getting paid with taxpayer money anyway or, or loaned money anyway from the central bank. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so I think it, it does in some ways, um, in some ways it's, it's terrible, but in some ways it's good because it means there's no entrenched interests for long periods. So what's, what's happened is, I mean, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but the political party in place obviously want to keep their, they want to keep their house intact. Mm. So what they've done, they've taken out massive loans and invested all of it into infrastructure. There's like mm. construction going on everywhere, all over Guadalajara. Okay. Like all the streets. They, they've, um, what, few, what, six months ago, they started building their, their new subway system like all the way north. It's mm. massive construction. Mm. There's like every, every, every um, I'm using Mexican words again. No, every suburb has. <laughs> Are going to say every colony? Or yes, what? that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> Now, every suburb has street upgrades or something. I mean, the next street over here, there's something going on in Zapopan. There's like they're, they're putting new signs up and they're painting all the lines on the street again. Like everything's in, in full force of, you know, we've been in power for the last five years and we, we get things done. 
mm. even though it's only been the last six months they've started spending all the money. <laughs> it's because they know they're not going to be there anymore. So who cares? Leave the debt to the next guys. <laughs> and, and they're only going to be like, well, I'm good for it. Let's borrow some more money. <laughs> and like that, that's a totally, it's, it's a mess. It's, mm. a mess. it's a mess for the whole country because yeah. I'm sure every single little town does it. Every, every city does it. Mm. It's the way Mexico is run, which is probably why we haven't really seen much advancement in the last 200 years. A little bit. <laughs> More than a little bit. I think Mexico has come a long way in the, in the last 20 or 50 years. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> no, no, they, they, I guess they have. But yeah. what, what this means is that at the moment, for you to gain a permit to sell, mm. it's near impossible. What, because all the bureaucrats are busy um, organizing the roads or what? <laughs> well, because they, I, I, well, I'm not sure why, but right. they, they just don't give out permits at this time. Mm. It's like if, if you haven't already organized your, your permission to, to set up and sell, then, uh, then you're not going to get it now. It's like they, they, they put this, this blanket on um, and, and block everyone from, from applying. But on the other side, they're going to check, like everyone that's supposed to be working, mm. they, they're now out on the streets checking everyone's permits. Okay, okay. So it's, it's like this, these uh, two hands of this extortion racket. On the one hand, we're not going to give you the permit. And on the other hand, we're going to go around and check who has permits. Because we didn't give any permits, we can come around and steal all your stuff and fine you. That was very, that was, you kind of gave it away. Mm. That's, that's exactly what well, happens. You know, find, steal your stuff and find you. It's the same, same yeah, kind of no, thing. It, <laughs> yep. I, it's been a while since I, I felt what it feels like to be bullied. Mm. Like to, to really be in the, the schoolyard and, you know, have some kids pick on you. I, I forgot what that felt like. Mm. But like you said, not be able to get a permit and then having to be forced to keep working the way you are because you have the necessity because you possibly have a family at home or because you, you, you've got the same cost of living. Yeah. But there's next to, I mean, the, the employment situation, there's, there's no growth in, in jobs in Mexico. Mm. Um, I, I feel like there's plenty of work here, but you kind of need to make it yourself, which kind yeah. of goes hand in hand with the issue. Yeah, yeah. So and that's, That is one of the great things about Mexico because if you, wanted, if you, if you want, want to make something of yourself, just get started. You don't need to worry too much about hiring a lawyer and ask him about business law or some nonsense like that. You just well, go go for it. Some, some do and probably mm. do very well. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, they're probably taken a lot more serious. But but most people yep. are happy earning what they need to make on a daily basis to get through the next day. Mm. You know, save a little bit, but keep going day to day, week to week. And, you know, they, they, they really live that, that day-to-day. Um, what, what I've seen in, uh, in the last couple of days, what's happened is mm. I was confronted what, three days ago by mm. a government official that just mm. walked up, just walked up um, in my face and said, uh, good morning, permission or permission? Right. And uh, I shook his hand and said good morning to him and said, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't have, I don't have a permit. Right. And uh, and he looked at me and said, "Well, why not?" And I said, "It's not, it's not my, it's not my tackle stand." Right. <laughs> and uh, and he goes, "Oh, okay." Like, but he just, you know, all staunch. <laughs> right. And just just because I had the apron on, like, I didn't, I just work here. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's not my, my, not my stand. And it was it was cool because I actually saw the the, the Ute turn up. I saw the mark. I saw the logo on the side of the, the truck, and I was like, "Hmm, this this could be interesting. I better I better move my stuff." Yeah. So I picked up my little my my stand. It's only a little. It's only a box with a thermos, and I moved it over with Don Nacho, the the sandwich guy, mm-hmm. and uh, he just claimed he's like, "Yeah, you know, I got my my lunches. I got my coffee. Mm-hmm. Completely took care of it." And I just moved away, and. Uh, because of course, you know, I, my name is not on the permit. I don't need to be involved in this. Yep. And uh, but they, you know, they, they kind of pointed me out. Um, I guess there was hardly any people there, and I was wearing the apron. And we had a little chat. I said, "It's not my, it's not my tackle stand." 
the girl that had it, you know, pulled out a folder and there's all the paperwork and mm. it was all good. And that was the end of that. Um, I kind of knew that they were around because I heard of other people complaining about how, you know, they're out in force and they're out to get heads and, you know, what other, what other slang they use to, to explain that the government's, you know, coming to get you. Mm. Um, and I thought that was the end of it. But then yesterday, I wasn't so switched on. Right. And, and it, wasn't a, it wasn't a matter of me having time to organize myself. And before I knew it, actually, I'm, I'm standing there right in front of where I normally sell. And I'm looking over to the right and I can see a, a transit cop finding cars. And at that point, I thought, oh, where, did I, where did I park? Really, just quickly. And is he coming from this way or did he come from over there? And I look at my car and I can see someone shutting the, the, the bonnet. And I'm thinking, what's, what's going on here? Someone's messing in my car. But then I can see that it was, it was, the, it was my, my mate that sells the CDs and the stationery. He threw all his gear into my car and, and shut the door. And I'm looking at him like he saw them coming and didn't have time to tell anybody. Right. So he's, he's hidden all his stock yep. and he's acting like I'm just a dude here to eat tacos. Nothing, you know, nothing going on. Watch us again at the Paradise Paradox. Watch us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter, and listen to us on iTunes or Pocket Casts. I noticed that the, my bonnet just flashed shut, mm. bang shut, bonnet shut, and there's a big smile at me, a big smile like an anxious, what's going to happen, smile. <laughs> he's, you know, he's, the, he's my mate that sells a stationery alongside me. Right. He's seen him coming. He's hidden his stuff. And, uh, and I'm looking at him like, what's, what's going on? Right in front of me is this white ute mm. with that logo, bam, right square on the door. Ayuntamiento there, Zapopan, local government. And I'm like, how long have you been there for? Like, that just popped up out of nowhere. <laughs> didn't even, I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything. And... Uh, and then this, this feeling of like, I was just dazed. I was like, how long, how long has I been there for? Like that, that's not a good sign. It's not a good omen being out here on the streets with my stock. And, uh, you know, I kind of felt this like, you know, my stomach just shudder. It's like, oh no, where are they? Like I'm expecting someone to grab me from behind or something. Mm. Like I, I really didn't know what was happening. And, uh, and then I look at, I'm looking around and everyone's looking at me with his face of like, just like, like, um, what do I, what I describe it? Like, just don't say anything. Just shut up. Sit down. Hide. Get out of here. I don't know. It's his face. It was just, uh, I don't think anyone really knew what was going on, but I didn't expect to see them back the next day. So, yeah. You know, so, so today I, I was out. I got there earlier. I got more stock out. Like, I've pretty got all up. I've pretty got, like, in, in Australian dollars, at least 100 bucks worth of, of stock out. And right. and material, you know, and, and my stand and all, and I was like, I, I can't afford to lose that. I mean, that's that's not cool. Mm. Um, the reason why I was so uh, anxious and you know, I guess uncomfortable about the outcome of what was going to happen was because the day before when they turned up, they actually um, they actually turned up. There was there was two Utes, and the dudes just rock up. And they, they literally present themselves face-to-face, you know, like passive-aggressive sort of, I'm going to get someone today, you know, mm-hmm. what, what am I going to pick up today? And anyone that doesn't have permission, they just grab their stuff and load into the back of the truck, mm-hmm. irrespective of, uh, of whether you had permission. As in the officials load the stuff into their own truck. Well, they load other people's merchandise. Into yeah, truck. yeah, without, without they question. Say, they steal the merchandise. It was... The, the guy that was, that was found without his permit, which mm. I thought out of everyone, he would have had his permit, mm. was the, the guy that, that slices fruit up and sells the fruit salads and things. Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's a sad situation. We're talking about a guy, you know, in his, in his later years. He has a son that's uh, got a disability. Um, I think he's like a you know, teenager son in a wheelchair that he's looking after and paying medical costs for. Um, I, I'm, I'm really not sure how much money they make. But, mm. but I know it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle to sell, to start with. And the, to have two guys just rock up and go, oh, that's unfortunate. You don't have permission. 
and just to start picking his boxes up of fruit and throwing in the back of his ute, picking up his table. And, and like I said, you know, we've built that rapport. Like we all kind of back each other and look after each other's stand. We're like a, we're like a work unit. We're a team. And you're watching one of your team members get knocked down. Mm. And, you know, you get this feeling like, you know, I'm going to go over there and just, you know, knock them both out. Mm. But, um, but what do you do? Right. It's going to kind of cause so many problems if you do it. But I did see this video the other day of uh, this case in the United States. Somebody was taking this video. These police were, were coming over. They were playing clothes, cops, and they were apparently harassing this 14-year-old girl. And the 14-year-old girl was like, look, I didn't do anything. I don't know what your problem is. Um, and she was obviously distressed, but she wasn't aggressive at all. And besides, I mean, it's... It, it wasn't like she was dangerous. She was a 14-year-old girl. Um, there was not, she wasn't armed, you know, against two full-grown men. And regardless of what happens, she's not going to pose much of a threat to anybody. Um, so then the thing was, the police officer, after she, she started back chatting or, you know, standing up for herself... Uh, the police officer came over to her and, and started getting into her face and it looked like the police officer was going to arrest her. But then the rest of the community gathered around and they said, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? Like, this, this, is this how you behave? Like, you go around harassing and, and kidnapping 14-year-old girls? Like, what's wrong with you? Go home. Go home. And the police officers just didn't know what to do. I mean, they're, they're surrounded. They're armed, but... You know, there's a, this whole bunch of people around them and who knows what's going to happen. Um, like, can they really, like, you know, of course, there's a lot of cases in the United States where police officers get away with killing people. But uh, can you really kill like 10 or 20 people in the neighborhood and try to claim that they were, you know, they were all coming right for you or something like that and, and try to explain your way out of that situation? So that put a lot of pressure on the cops and they just jumped in their squad car and left. So I wonder, uh, I, I mean, I think this that sort of thing happens more commonly in Mexico because people don't give police officers uh, special, um, special consideration or they don't consider police officers as, may, as cut from a different cloth to anybody else. Police officers are just regular people just doing a job. Government officials are just regular people. Um, so they're not going to d treat you like, like um, bow down on their knees and kiss your feet or something like that just because you wear this costume. And so I, I think this thing, this this sort of thing, must happen frequently in Mexico. And I wonder how how often it would have to happen in a situation like this in Zapopan before people would just start yelling at these police officers and saying, "You're nothing but a bully," you know, "You're you're a thug." You're destroying people's livelihood. Who do you think you are? And um, I'm sure that's, that sort of thing must happen sometimes. But in the, of course, like in this case, nobody really wants to go first and put themselves on the line. But I wonder how easy it would be if, uh, if everybody just sa started saying that. Yeah, I, I think wonder how quickly that would crumble. They, everyone would definitely back each other up. Yeah. And I think it would escalate quite quickly. Mm. Um, I mean, say, for example, if I stood up and said, you know, you, you know put, it, put, the, put the fruit down, yeah. <laughs> do not touch the, the fruit, get in your, your van or your, yeah. your ute and leave, I think uh, people would back me up. Yeah. But um, in the situation that I'm in where I'm, you know, finalizing my, my nationality or mm. my, my visas and paperwork, it's like, you know, I, I don't need you know, the same government office that's going to grant me my nationality mm. to, uh, you know, I, I just don't need trouble. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So, I mean, even with, even with my coffee, like, you know, I, I had permission. I've got no problem because, you know, I'm, I guess in this case, I'm working for, for the, you know, the guy with the launches. Yeah. And, and that's, that's all good. Except, you know, I don't need them to, to be asking for my ID and, mm. you know, my, you know, my personal details in mm. this case, in case someone, you know, knows someone else in another department and go, well, you know, this guy is out here and he's, you know, got organizing visas and things. It's mm. like, you know, just to cause shit. Like these people don't care. 
Yeah. You know, next month they could lose their job. You know, next month they will lose their job if they don't win the election. So yeah. they really don't give a shit whether they're out there causing trouble or not or making friends or not because they know that, you know, they're going to be out of a job anyway. So yeah. I may as well I may as well make the most of this situation and, you know, upset, take, rob, steal as much as I can while mm. I have the authority and while I have that logo on the side of my, my van. Yeah, yeah. The, or the other way to look at it is that these people are trying to justify their jobs now when it comes close to election time so they can hold up their stats just for the last two months and say, well, look how much revenue we brought in. And, and then maybe the next government will be like, oh, yeah, these guys are good. We'll, we'll leave them on. Uh, who knows? Yeah, these guys are good. <laughs> good, at good at thuggery. Good at stealing things from people. Good at handing out fines and extorting people from their livelihood. Now, the, the thing about this is gov- government is force. Uh, government is one definition of government is an organization with a monopoly on force in a certain area. And I mean, even <clears throat> some people will say, oh, that's not that's not the government, the uh, definition of government that I use. But it's quite um, it, accepted and, and uh, it tends to fit the facts quite nicely. Uh, and even Barack Obama used that definition once during a speech. And the thing about it is in some countries, if you, especially if you live in a very rich country, then a lot of the time you don't see the force itself. What you see is several steps removed from the force. Like if the, if the government sends you a fine and then you, you don't pay it and then they send you another fine with a, a late payment fee, which is like... 30% of the original fine or whatever. And then they send you another fine and it says this is a final notice and we're going to um, send in a, a bailiff or a sheriff to collect your property if you don't pay this fine or we're going to send it to, to a, a court to get a court order to enforce it or something like that. But the point is, it always comes down to force. And everybody knows, maybe not consciously, but they always have an idea that when they receive that fine, there's something behind it. There's a threat behind it, a threat of violence or a threat of theft. Um, the, the, the government agents are going to come in at some stage. And not that they always do, but they, they always want to give the impression that, <laughs> that it's a real threat, that it's a, it's, it's a promise, that they're going to steal things from you or lock you up. Uh, and if, of course, if, I've, I've heard people say as well, oh, well, if, the, if, they, if they're going to lock you up, that's not actually violence. Well, come on. If, so, if someone comes in, a police officer comes in, he, um, he puts you in cuffs and you decide to run away, then they may shoot you. They may kill you. They may beat you up. They, they may do all types of things to you, but it's probably going to be violent. And uh, just because... You go, you go along with them because you know the consequences doesn't mean it's not violent. The, the threat of violence is always there with the government and everything that government has, it's stolen from somebody else. So the, it's easy. I think it's easy for some people in a, in a country like the United States or the UK or Australia to ignore that government is actually force. And these people get delusional really uh, that's the only way I can describe it like if, if I want to try to explain to somebody that you're actually being threatened when the government tries to take taxes from you it takes a lot of careful steps and, and massaging their brains and needling them slowly slowly guiding them to this obvious reality that government is theft and government is made up of thugs it's really clever how everyone's been able to, if they comply, mm. they forget the threat was even there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of the speed bump that people don't get over. Yeah. It's like, yeah. but, you know, I paid my tax, therefore nothing happens to me. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. But what happens if you don't? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and some people argue to me like, well, you know, they say, I just don't see taxes the same way you do, Kurt. Uh, I don't see it as a threat. I don't see it as, as theft. And I say, uh, okay, okay. 
you don't see it as theft because you like to go along with it and you see it as an exchange for services because you want to pay it and you think you're going to receive something good. But as for me, I do not want to pay it and I do not think I'm going to receive something good. So that means that they have to threaten me. And it's very easy for somebody to say, well, you know, we can just agree to disagree. We have different opinions. Uh, you think that taxation is theft and I think that it's an exchange for services. It's very easy for somebody say, to say that when the gun is not pointed at them. And that's a, that's a very big difference in perspective. Um, when you're the one holding the gun uh, and you say, let's agree to disagree. Well, they, these people think they're, they're free. Freedom mm. to make the choice. But just because they want to make the right choice in this case, mm. in their point of view, then they're still free <laughs> when there's no other choice. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what some people seem to think. But that's why, you know, I think libertarianism is is going to be a huge movement in Mexico of, over the next few years because I because Mexicans already know it and Latin Americans already know it they already know the government is corrupt they already know that it can't work that it's probably never going to work and they they already know that that taxes aren't something good and that the government agents are thugs because they've seen it <laughs> with their own eyes it's not it's not hidden and the, the education system isn't efficient to brainwash them to, into thinking that police are there for their own good or some nonsense like that. I think there's a lot of people that would have been in my situation weeks ago. Mm. We're aware of this. We're aware mm. of the, the government, the taxation, the control system. Yep. And, you know, we're, and we're not on board with it. Mm. But I tell you, when you mm. see it in your face, yeah. Stealing from your mates, yeah, you feel very different about it. Yeah, like, I'm still. Well, how did it make you feel? I'm still very raw yeah. about it now. I, I can feel when I was when I was there watching what was happening. Mm. It, it, you, you are very flustered. You're very confused. Yeah, with what's happening, you're confused because, like I said, it's been a long time since I've been in the playground, and you you feel that that inability to do something. Yes. Because yes. of the, the overpowering bullying that's going on. Yes. And in this case, it's worse because I'm quite a capable man, able to defend myself mm. and um, nothing mm. or less. Because to do, I mean, I know you shouldn't, uh, to use force would be the same level as them. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, from I would say, I mean, self-defense is justified and defending an, an innocent is justified, at least morally. That's true. Uh, the law isn't going to necessarily take that into account. Uh, the, so that's, a, that's the problem too. These people have this special privilege. They can come in, maybe sometimes it be violent. I mean, in, in this case, they were just uh, taking property. They weren't actually doing, uh, they weren't actually hurting anybody were they physically no, did, did their body uh, no it was actually it was just a big for them it was just a big joke just a just big, a, just a big uh, open bar where they can come in and take their entire buffet that would have been a killer fruit salad <laughs> it was a big fruit salad <laughs> it's a fruit salad with 20 mangoes yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I mean it, there's kind of two types of statists. I, I think I think there's the people who say, "Yeah, they deserved it," and then there's the delusional people. The the people who say they they deserved it, like they would look at some some of Aaron's colleagues there, and and, and say like this old guy selling fruit, and say, "Well, he didn't pay his taxes, so he deserved what he got." Really? Didn't didn't he really deserve that? Did he deserve to have like this huge chunk of his livelihood stolen from him? Did he deserve that just because he, he didn't pay a, some fee? Or, you know, would he deserve to, to be locked up because of that? Does, doesn't he have a right to make a living? That's a, that's a question which you have to answer if you're going to defend the state. And, and some people claim, I mean, people claim all 
types of nonsense to try to defend these people um, because they're being brainwashed. And they say, oh, these, the, these uh, tax evaders, they're stealing from us. Well, no, they're, they're not stealing. I mean, that's not what stealing is. Stealing is when you take something from somebody else that doesn't belong to you. You can't steal by not paying something someone, something, so, something to someone. That's not what theft is. Um, so it's, it's like if, if I was holding, uh, if, if you're on the, like I bring up these examples sometimes, uh, say I knock on your door and you come to the door and I shove six cupcakes in your hand and I say, okay, uh, here are your cupcakes. And you say, well, hold on, I didn't order any cupcakes. And, you, and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit. You owe me a hundred dollars. <laughs> well, hold on. I, I didn't buy these cupcakes. I didn't order these cupcakes. I didn't want the cupcakes. Why are you giving me cupcakes? Not my problem, buddy. You owe me a hundred dollars. You don't give me the hundred dollars. I'm going to come back with my two mates and uh, you, you will see what happens then. So you better give me the hundred dollars. That's, <laughs> that's the kind of absurd situation that you are in uh, when you're forced to pay tax. Uh, and, you know, people will try to justify this and, and say, well, you need these taxes to pay for public infrastructure, but you never had a choice whether you wanted that public infrastructure. You never had a choice which company you were, you were going to order it from. You didn't have a choice to, to drive down different roads because the government has a monopoly, which they enforce themselves on building roads. And, you know, they also will... In, in, uh, Perhaps in the near future, they will, I'm sure they will be stopping people from driving flying cars any way they can. So you have to use their roads. Um, so here we are, you know, here you are with the cupcakes in your hands and, and a, a bill uh, which nobody can actually tell you why you owe it, but you do. <laughs> and there's a threat of force behind it. So what makes it worse is your neighbors are looking at you like, Kurt, Pay for your cupcakes like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, be a good citizen. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a bunch of nonsense, man. The thing is, with the, with the selling of fruit, mm. this guy, I mean, from his point of view, yeah. he would have seen two punk kids turn up mm. and, and literally steal his merchandise yeah. right in front of him. And he's... He's been there over 15 years. Mm. That's his spot. Yeah. And like 15 years, how long he's, have you He's got much more of a right to be there than these uh, two officials. They're, they're just, you know, trying to come late, Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, the next party that come in are going to change the system. <laughs> they're not going to change it that much. Uh, they, they might put the price up. <laughs> they're going right. to do something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the point is this. Yeah, I mean, my, my point is that government is force. And, you know, government has been... Go governments all over the world have been responsible for millions of deaths over the last hundred years. They call that democide. Uh, democide is when a government kills its own people. And this, this is like even excluding war. Hundreds of millions of, of deaths caused by government and it's not surprising when you give one group of people in a society the privilege of exercising force then they abuse it because they have force and nobody else can defend themselves so that's that's what happens it's, you know stuff gets a little crazy yeah i gotta expand my business <laughs> why into, into running a protection racket. That's a better way. <laughs> yeah. Could be a good opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Because that goes on as well. That, that already exists. I don't know if they need a competition. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Well, I was talking to one of my students the other day and, and uh, I showed him some picture of a, of a gangster. And I said, do you think there are any gangsters in Russia these days? And he said, oh, no, no, there are no gangsters in Russia because when Putin become president, 
All the all the gangsters go and work for government. <laughs> <laughs> benefits. Yeah, yeah. You get better benefits with the with the government than with the mafia. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> cool. Hope everyone enjoyed my story. It's, yep. gonna, it's gonna be an interesting few weeks ahead. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I just wanna say I think the initiation of violence is immoral and stealing is immoral. Taking things that don't belong to you are immoral, is immoral. And I think that if humanity really wants to evolve, then we have to find a new way of doing things and we can do that through peaceful means, through negotiation and, and uh, education and communication and those things are how we make civilization. I've heard a, a famous quote, taxes are the price we pay for living in an uncivilized society. And I think that's very true. Cool. Did you have anything else to say? Perfect. Finishing lines. All right. Great. Um, so my name's Kurt Robinson. And my name's Aaron Baffle. So press like on Facebook, press subscribe on YouTube, press like on YouTube, leave us a comment on YouTube, tell us a, a great story that you have, tell us that we're idiots for believing that government is force or any um, inflammatory trolling comment that you care to leave. And, but do uh, it nice. <laughs> yeah, say please, <laughs> please stick this pole up your ass because that's where it belongs and <laughs> press uh, like on Facebook and press press the get notifications on Facebook. Um, you hover over the like button and press get notifications and that means you can see every time that we post something truly groovy and then you're going to go on iTunes and press subscribe on iTunes. You're going to go on Pocket Cast and press subscribe on there and you're going to go to donate.theparadiseparadox.com because we love it. We really appreciate it when you give us a little bit of money because that's a, this symbol to us that represents that you enjoy what we're doing and we like it when you say that to us any way you can, but especially with money. <laughs> so suggest a donation, one US dollar per episode that you like. So go on donate.theparadiseparadox.com and show us a little love. Also, you can go on Amazon. If you're gonna buy something on Amazon, go to theparadiseparadox.com and at the top, you can see this shop Amazon link and that link will take you to Amazon. It's not gonna cost you any extra. It's not gonna jack up the prices because you're using the link, but it will mean that we get a small commission of everything you purchase. So if you're gonna buy um, $100,000 worth of books and ship them to your neighbor's backyard so so uh, as a prank, then go on Amazon.com, or sorry, go on theparadiseparadox.com and click on Shop Amazon so you can do that uh, that nasty deed to your neighbor. So uh, what else? Did I miss anything? Uh, no, but educating the masses is good. So yep. Yeah, so, so buy all books. those books, yeah, yeah. And read them all yourself and then toss them over your over your next door neighbor's fence. And also go to Twitter and follow me. I'm at Trouble Bubble. And I'm at Battle AZ. And send us a message on Twitter. Leave us a cute story and, and uh, all your confessions of love. And thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, just a quick note. Thanks for being super awesome, super saiyan, super califragilistic, expingalidocious. And remember to head on over to theparadiseparadox.com slash 39. That's theparadiseparadox.com slash 39. So you can check out the show notes from this episode and stay awesome. <laughs>